You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Call yourselves Title Town? Are you kidding me? That's fraud. Uh, it feels like a gray area. Spoiler alert, Canada. Cup's coming back to the U.S. of A. There's way too much negative stigma attached to strippers. I I hate you guys so much. (laughs) My dog just shit his ass. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday night. That means it is time for another edition of Craft Brood Sports. I am Mike. With me, as always, is Scott. Scott, how we feeling tonight, man? Fuck the Mets. Same as always. <laughs> I I saw a clip from the game where it was the dude that's got the same song that Edwin Diaz comes out to. Yeah, well, the Mets didn't I tell you that two weeks ago? Yeah, like, no, 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 but but the Mets announcing team was like talking about how he's got the same. Why he's like that walk up music sounds familiar. Uh, it's the same music that Edwin Diaz no. used. And honestly, he just shouldn't use it. Like, this is just... Oh, ridiculous. yeah, and fans are butthurt, too. As if there's never been a, a Latin song used by more than one Latin player in Major League Baseball for an entrance theme or walk-up music at any given time. Like, Edwin Diaz, who they've been trying to ship out for two years now, finally gets his shit together, and they're like, Oh, that's his song! Contreras can't come out to that. Fuck off. <laughs> Mets fans are the worst. Uh, so that's how Scott's doing tonight. Mookie, how you feeling, man? Uh, I feel a little bit better in a couple days here. Uh, it was tough this weekend. I didn't realize that they took a break between the regional playoffs and then like actually playing in Williamsport. And it's uh, it's fucking with me a little bit. But you I, thought, I you thought the 10 okay. to 12 year old kids just played one week in their hometown and then like Tuesday they were in Williamsport like ready to go. You know, honestly, I never really put any thought into it whatsoever until I woke up, checked sportsbetting.ag and did not see any Little League World Series lines out for that day. And uh, then I had to do some research. And turns out there's a whole week of travel to get to Pennsylvania. I mean, I get it. It's a really far away place, but uh, still, it was a disappointment, man. 
I love the idea of like the Hawaii team winning their regional on Saturday. And then it's like, well, you guys got a game on Monday. You better step it up fellas. And they got to go all the way to PA. Uh, and Mookie's like, Ooh, this is going to affect the line. This, this yeah, dude. Like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way that that pitcher is getting good rest after throwing those 85 pitches. If he's got to fly, you know, Cali to, to friggin, uh, you know, Scranton overnight, not a red eye. You Man, are- if only the NCAA ran Little League Baseball because they care about the children. <laughs> oh, my God. They care so much. You know, I will say this, though, and I, I think I put it in the text, but shout out Todd Frazier. I got to give him credit, man. I've actually really enjoyed listening to him on those broadcasts, uh, especially the one the one game that, <laughs> that the audio went out for the actual play-by-play announcer and Todd Frazier, who I'm pretty sure chilling somewhere in, like, Cincinnati. Like, he's at home broadcasting these games. Todd Frazier all of a sudden has to step up and try to, like, call play-by-play on the fly. And he did a solid job. Like, you know, props to him, man. He's holding it down. Well, he's a he's a veteran Little League World Series veteran. Uh, so Did you know he is the only multiple all-star electee and Little League World Series champion? Did yeah, I've I? heard that a time or two. Yeah, once or never, twice. Never heard that once during uh, Cincinnati, his time in Cincinnati. Never have uh, I ever. Caesar is also here. A uh, funny story for Caesar. So my brother texted me earlier this week and he said, hey, I want to let you know, I listen to the podcast on iHeartRadio. He goes, I just listened to your show and this other show. And the other show that I listen to, every single commercial break, it's just regular commercials, like nothing out of the ordinary. For your show, it's literally nothing but Spanish language commercials. Fuck I yes. Because of Caesar. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> yes. Caesar, what's going on, man? Saludos a todos mi gente. Yeah, what he said. Woo! Uh, I, I loved I loved it, man. I was like, yep, that's probably exactly why. They were yeah, like, well, there's somebody named Caesar on this show. Let's uh dial up the Spanish uh commercial. That's fucking hilarious. I'm chilling, <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh shout out the the Little League softball world champions from Hewitt, Texas. Oh so, yeah, that's right. I put money on them yeah. girls too. They they yeah, did shout out to them. Generate. Oh my god. Oh, equal opportunity better here, you know what I mean? Like yeah. them girls can play ball. Let's cheer them all on. Let's acknowledge yep. that the stash is gone, folks. R. I know R. that was a, I was gonna say. Uh, I'm not stash. a dick writer. I don't suck. I don't dick suck like that. Out of boy. Eight ten to eight ten. R.I.P. Caesar Stash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> he gonna love that beer by the end of the night. I'm gonna tell you that right now. All right, this is uh, already off to an awesome start. Robert said, "I'm here. Acknowledge me. Uh, consider me yourself acknowledged." Matt Stanton pointing out these are rich kids in the Little League World Series. So, yes, that, that's not a problem at all for them to do that. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about these beers. We got an awesome show tonight. We got a, a guest stopping in here in a little bit, uh, an author with a new book coming out all about spying in the NFL. I cannot wait to get into some of the details on that one, find out just who the dirty, rotten cheaters are. If we got time, we're going to uh, talk a little college football news that came out. Just before the show starts, in a twist of fate, normally that happens right after we stop recording, and instead this one broke right before, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and then Scott, I feel like we got to talk about this Tatis story that that happened. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ringworm Gate. <laughs> yeah. Before that, though, let's talk about these beers that we're drinking, and we'll give them the scale as always. Would you bang your beers, Scott? What is in your mug this week? Please tell me you actually have a regular. <laughs> beer and not what you've been schlepping to this show what is in your mug and would you bang it 
Well, I am no longer dumpster diving, baby. I've stepped my game up, and it is tis the season, baby. It's pumpkin <laughs> season. God. It's back. I have Mad Trees Pumpkin tonight, a 7.9% local brew with all the pumpkin-y goodness you could ever ask for. Of course I'd fuck this beer, because it's a pumpkin beer, and like stout season, this shit never ends, baby. I saw Pumpkin when I went to the store earlier this week, and I was so tempted. I was so tempted. Oh, I was tempted. I saw it, and I'm like, well, this was the quickest trip I ever made to get (laughs) here. I do have to say, Scott, you would be proud. We have our first uh, two four packs of pumpkin sitting down here, ready to go for the season. That a boy. That we were, a Alex, boy. Alex went to the store and she saw it and picked up two. And I was like, "This is why I married you. This is exactly why, right here." Because I actually, they they were sitting there, but my my thing was, I was like, "Damn, these beers are all expensive. I'll get pumpkin next week." Like, <laughs> your boy, your boy has to space out these expensive beers. <laughs> understandable, understandable. Mookie, what's in your mug tonight? Would you bang it? I hate you guys so much because I went in the fridge to grab a beer for the show tonight and based on like the can decoration and like the little like words you see on it discover like describing the taste and flavor of everything, I got real excited and then I looked and it was a fucking stout. So I was like, nope, putting that ah, shit back. No putting that shit you back. You bailed on stout you season. Loser. Oh, I definitely bailed on stout season. I instead am drinking uh from Crystal Springs Brewing Company, uh well, I don't know. It doesn't have a name. Oh, just kidding. Blood Orange Kolsch, German-style ale with blood orange, 4.9%. It's solid. It's all right. Um, I would bang it in the sense that, like, you know, when you, you go on that double date or you're flying as the wingman for your buddy, you're just kind of there to take one for the team, and you're like, ah, it's not – It's it is what it is. You know, I'll have a good meal out of it. Maybe we'll have some laughs while those two go do their thing, and then I'll, I'll go home and sleep it off just like everything else. So, uh, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. Uh, I'd still be rubbing it out afterwards, but it's fine. Robert, with the correct take, every season is stout season, you heathens. And Matt's saying, <laughs> it is always steep to stout season, Mookie. Uh, Caesar, if you feel good about other idiots buying into your idiotic take, I mean, good. I guess congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> All right, good deal. Caesar, what do you got in your mug tonight? So this is the beer. It kind of reminds me why I don't like beers. But it's soy son, soy son dog. Oh, I'm, I probably said in Hispanic accent for no reason. It's soy son dog, a Belgian-style farmhouse ale. Yeah, I, th- I thought you said dog. So. I thought he said no, dog. No, but I got it because I got it because it has a dog on the can. That's fucking hard. <laughs> and you got like a little beret on. But apparently the beer's not very good because you oh, drink no, it. Oh, no, it's and... not. Nah, nah. I <laughs> started drinking and I was like, what the fuck is this? But it's 7.6 Alki, so I mean, fuck it. We go. <laughs> I love, like a true I love Caesar's beer takes. I'm just like, eh, it's got alcohol in it, so I'm all cool. <laughs> uh, Gabe in the comments drinking Strawberry Field of Dreams Weed Ale by Pontoon Brewing. What? Then ABV wouldn't bang. Well, well, I mean, yeah, well that's disappointing because Gabe sent us, tagged us on Facebook before the show started, and I was excited to hear about that one. That's, that's bummer. It's a weed ale, man. I get it. Uh, Robert uh, Taylor okay. coming in with his King's Brewing Sidewinder's Fangs, a 7% ABV, Frosé, brewed with blood orange, passion fruit, Lime and rum staves. My goodness gracious! This What's a rose? Our blood oranges, just normal oranges. <laughs> and then look at Jared drinking a Sierra Nevada <laughs> Atomic Torpedo, eight point two percent. It's nineteen and a half ounces. It's an IPA. He says it's a booty call. I'm not ashamed of whatever. Solid bag. Uh, and then our boy Tank. 
He's got other halves, Double Citra Daydream, DDH Dippa, 8.5%. Uh, man, you guys in the comments are always drinking uh, the great beers, except for Scott. Scott who, coming through, uh, baby. Uh, yeah, he's I drinking the Oh, that's a solid That's a solid brew right there, though. That's the also, He's pulling a Scott, which, which, I would, which Scott? Pulling a, pulling a yourself or pulling a me? I, look, all I'm going to say is I feel like that kind of gets like partial credit at being a craft beer because you cannot get that shit down here in Southern Ohio, and I wish it was much more accessible. That's a good point. When you're up there in Michigan, uh, you get all those Canadian beers. Oh, my God. It's brilliant. Uh, Molson Triple X. This oh. week, I am drinking uh, Amber's Lager from Irwin Brewing in Crested Butt. Uh, great head on this beer. This beer has just solid head. Uh, uh, really good one. I, I would crush this one. Uh, all right. Let us know in the comments what you're drinking and uh, – uh, give it the scale as always. Would you bang your beers? Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Scott, we got a guest waiting to come in. Uh, you want to introduce our guest for the evening as we bring him into the show? Sure, I'll drive. No problem. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are now about to be joined by author Kevin Bryant. He is the author of the new book, Spies on the Sidelines, the High Stakes World of NFL Espionage. Kevin, thank you for joining us, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Kevin, what are you drinking tonight? I'm going to be your designated driver tonight, man. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared to come on a podcast and drink too much and try to, uh, you know, I'll be I'll be telling stories that never happened and uh, yeah, be a real good time. Dude, well, you that's my entire the right thing. Place. Yeah, exactly. Like that's how that's how we make this show. That's the perfect way. Then you could just say right. you got to read the book to find out which one's real and which one's fake. So that, that's yeah. the, that's pretty the much. There we go. There we go. That's okay. So Kevin, can you talk to us a little bit about uh, the, the book and, and why why you took on this endeavor? Yeah, absolutely. So the book "Spies on the Sidelines" is all about the collection techniques that NFL teams use to gather information on their opponents in order to try to gain a game day advantage. It also covers all the countermeasures that teams use to try to defend against those techniques. And the book spans the entire history of the NFL and has stories from every single NFL team in there. So it's, you know, no matter what team you're a fan of, it's got something for you. Um, so yeah, I decided to take this puppy on because one, I wanted to write a book. Um, I, was, I, was, I was looking for a subject, right? And, uh, write a book. I, yeah, I want to write a book. Um, so I've got 23 years of experience now collecting and protecting information for the Department of Defense and um, a master's degree in Intel studies and another one in sports management. So after everything Spygate took place um, and then Spygate 2, when Josh McDaniels moved over to the Broncos, became their head coach. And I'm a Broncos fan. So, you know, 
the Broncos got busted for taping another team's practice. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, I just thought, I wondered, man, how much of this spying stuff really goes on in the NFL, you know? And so I just started looking into it and I realized, holy cow, you know, after doing the internet research, I realized there's a lot of this stuff that takes place, but there's no like consolidated place for it. No one's ever written a book for it. And I said, you know what? This is, this is my million dollar idea and I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. And, um, yeah, man, eight years later, eight years you're, of research and writing, you're here, here. I, here I am on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. So you're, <laughs> you're like James Bond. If he decided to give up his gig and, and go into <laughs> researching NFL spies, like, it you sounds know, like. yeah, I'm more like Austin powers, but you know, same thing. <laughs> yeah, much, much more relatable guy though. That Austin powers. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I got to work on my British accent, but, you know. <laughs> I, I am a little concerned, though, guys, that even if you combine the forces of us four, that he, he, this dude's too smart for us, man. Like, that's a, that's some serious shit. So you clearly know your thing, man. So outside of that, like, why hasn't anybody written about it? Like, what is why are you the first one? Why don't you think there'd be more interest in this? Because every time these stories come up, people are super intrigued and in they seem to hold the headlines for months. Well, let me ask you this. You want to spend eight, eight, eight years of your life doing all the research? <laughs> I mean. So people are lazy is what it boils I've down wasted to. a lot of time doing other shit. Let's right? Yeah. That way. No. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good question. It's, it's a, for one, it's, um, it's really hard to get people to open up about this subject. Because, you know, first of all, you're dealing with NFL players and coaches. These guys are millionaires and they're very, very busy. And what you're really asking them to give up is either trade secrets that they're using to either gather information on their opponents or information how they defend against their opponent's collection techniques, right? So this is sensitive information that helps them win games. Furthermore, if they're not talking about themselves, uh, if they're talking about another coach or another team, uh, they're potentially... If they're talking about, you know, another coach using illicit collection techniques, things that are not permitted by the NFL rules or bylaws, then they could potentially be getting another coach in trouble with the league, or they could be, you know, tarnishing somebody's legacy, you know, especially if it's some big, some big name coach that's done lots of great things in the past. But then if they're going to come out with all these stories about how they cheated uh, in order to get wins, right? Um, no one wants to be that guy that throws those people under the bus either. So those are a few of the reasons. In addition to that, all these stories that I found for the book, well, I won't say all of them because I did interview, I did interview uh, people um, anonymously. But, you know, most of these stories are contained in books that you know, NFL coaches um, wrote, most of them once they had already retired. And man, you know, I'd read these books. I read like 60 of these books and I'd find for the most part, sometimes a paragraph, maybe, maybe two, three, four pages worth of material. If I was lucky, that was like a gold mine, like four pages. I'd be like, oh, this is a great book, <laughs> right? So it was just a lot of hard work. It's, it was not easy to be able to, um, you know, dredge up all this material. That's it, There's a reason it took years. How do you get those guys to open up to you? Like, you know, you mentioned they're millionaires, they're times valuable, they're giving away these secrets, uh, they're potentially throwing somebody under the bus. How do you sit down with somebody and be like, 
All right, but for real, come on. How do you how do you guys really cheat? Like, give me the give me the real scoop. Yeah. Like, how do you bring that out of them? Well, let's talk about that list of beers that everybody's drinking again. I was gonna say, uh, no. right? <laughs> uh, you know, Just funny enough, the truth. I got it. Funny enough, Peyton Manning used to use a technique uh, trying to feed uh, fellow fellow players mai tais at the Pro Bowl in order to get them a little intoxicated and start and start sucking out team secrets from them. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility is all I'm saying. Dude, that, you've clearly done your research because that is 100% A, something Peyton would do, and B, the drink he would use to do it. Like, my tie. Like, I'm, you know I'm what? Like, I'm envisioning yeah. Better Call Saul. He's just sitting there not drinking his drinks yeah. while the, the other one's getting liquored up, and he's just extracting all this information to take back to the Colts. Yep. That's Over my ties. He's probably got it all. His drink's all watered down. And yeah. <laughs> Extra ice in my Mai Tai, please. <laughs> so, okay. So Mai Tais, that, that's one way. But what is one of the more wild ways or the one, the, the way that made you say, wow, that is one extreme way of going about this whole thing? Oh, man. There's so many crazy stories in the book. There really are. In the um, book, Scott, you got to read, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Here's a tease. Just a little tease. Yeah. So I'll give, I'll give you a bit of a tease. So, um, hey, you guys want – you guys got a sec? I'll read you a passage. I'll read we got you all kinds of passages. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got an hour and a half. So I'll read you a bit from the book here. I'll read you a paragraph that kind of sums up um, all the crazy stuff you're going to hear in here. All right? So while the three-letter agency – uh, while the phrase three-letter agency is a euphemism for American spook organizations such as the CIA and the NSA, the NFL is a three-letter agency in its own right. Behind the game day action of the NFL is a world much like the cloak and dagger realm of American intelligence agencies. The NFL has its own history filled with espionage-related stories that sound like something right out of the Cold War. Spies disguised as reporters, military officers, and priests and even a dwarf playing the role of a baby being pushed in a stroller. <laughs> no, no, no. It's in there. <laughs> you wrote it down. Must be true. <laughs> in a book. It's legit. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> what team did that? You got to give us the team that did that. The Rams. That's got Sean McVay it's, written it's all a, over it's it. Alleged, it's an alleged technique that uh, George Allen used with the Rams. Yep. So. That's amazing. All right. Wow. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, covert surveillance of targets movements, hiding draft prospects by shuffling them in and out of hotels and aliases, tap telephones, signals interception, decoy signals, encryption, code breaking, and radio frequency jamming. False flag operations, monitoring air traffic and airline passengers, spy scaling rooftops and telephone poles, and clandestine photography undertaken from high-rise hotels with long-lensed cameras. People's secret listening devices, surveillance photos, surveillance photos relayed by zip line, and whispered conversations masked by running water. Stolen documents and trash cans sifted for secrets. Subversion of individuals mired in debt and a hilltop secured by Navy SEALs. <laughs> You're telling me wow. teams have Navy SEALs out here like, spying on another team? Mike Shanahan used that technique before Super Bowl to secure a hilltop 
that he was worried was going to be watched by his opponent. <laughs> and so I imagine these guys were probably former Navy SEALs, but, uh, you know, God, I, I hope I so. I don't have the details, right? <laughs> Either that or they're, you know, they're doing this on their, they're on a Saturday on their off day when they're not saving the world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's like, Hey, I want this thing secured. So the funny thing is that a helicopter flew over, uh, that practice. Um, and Pat Bolin, who was the Broncos owner at the time said that, man, he's like, you would have think, uh, you know, Mike Shanahan was furious and he's, he's looking at these Navy SEALs like, what are you going to do about this? You know, <laughs> he wanted to, you know, make a, you know a air missile and shoot these dudes out of the sky, just gonna you know? say, Where's the anti-aircraft? Right, right. Man. Exactly. They got so, this shit in the Ukraine. Why don't we have it here? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, this is just the crazy world of the NFL. That's the reality. Well, I mean, it well, gets what, I'm, what I'm hearing though is if teams and coaches go through all of that, like, and, and go to those extreme measures, Bill Belichick must have been extra lazy to have gotten caught doing it before the Super Bowl. Like, like, how bad do you have to be at it if you're just, like, having a lazy day and get caught? I mean, like, all of these things that we're hearing, it's like, this is all brand new information to the common NFL fan. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the interesting thing, you know, about Spygate and – I think the interesting thing is all the the recording of team signals using video and the just the using video part is the only thing that violates. I won't even say league rules because it only violates the Ray Anderson memo because it's not in any rules. It's not in any bylaws at all. OK, um, so until that memo came out in 2006, the Patriots weren't violating diddly squat. OK, so they they taped other things signals all the way back from 2000. And frankly, I suspect it probably went on when Belichick was coaching with the Browns as well. Sure. Um, but, you know, we know it's gone on since, since he basically started with the Pats. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit of like cockiness, arrogance um, that, you know, he can, after the NFL sent out two memos saying that, Hey, you can't, you can no longer do this. Um, and other teams knew what was going on and reported it to the NFL and then they go to play the Jets that have a former Patriots coach that was in the loop and knew exactly what the Patri Patriots were doing. But Belichick still decides to go forth, even despite <laughs> the coach calling him beforehand and saying, you will not do that here in my home stadium. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was sheer, it was sheer arrogance. That's all it was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I hate to be that guy, but like that... It no, you don't sound like Bill Belichick. I don't know, man. I, something doesn't feel right about that reporting. I'm sorry. It just does not sound like Bill Belichick to me. Biscuit <laughs> said insurance held it and help him when he was with the Browns. So <laughs> <laughs> Belichick just finally tuned it over the years. <laughs> That's what surprises me. If, if this stuff's been going back as long as it has, and it sounds like it's probably pretty pervasive where I'm guessing you've got stories here and there about different teams or different techniques, but you probably assume that it's, it's much more common to use those techniques why have the Browns and other teams like the Lions consistently sucked ass then? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, it's a good question. So look at look at the Browns. That's two good questions, by the way. I just point that out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two for you. Mookie's right. not we'll used to that, so you, yeah, have, yeah, to, yeah, you yeah. have to excuse okay. him. <laughs> so 
you know, let's take the Browns are great examples to go off of. Okay. So let's look at Paul Brown. Paul Brown was one of those guys, one of those coaches that was willing to use all different sorts of illicit collection techniques. Like he had staff personnel um, pretend to be reporters and go to other teams' practices, right? That's awesome. And, you know, all kinds of stuff Paul Brown was willing to do to, to, to get those wins and to collect on opponents. And he did a great job of it, fantastic job of it. I mean, he was pretty much in every NFL championship game, um, like what, the first six years he was in the NFL? I mean, practically until he was fired. Um, and then, you know, so absolute stud. Um, but, you know, it's those coaches that are willing to go to those lengths to win um, that are winning championships. And I'll just get, I'll run down some of the biggest culprits in the NFL's history. OK, you got G- George Hallis with the Bears. OK, Sid Gilman with the Chargers. I don't think he ever got a championship, but man, talk about a guy that was in like the championship, at least the AFC or in the AFL championship game over and over and over again. Um, let's see. You've got um, Shanahan was one of those guys used a lot of eh, questionable ones there. Um, obviously, we've got uh, Belichick today. You've got George Allen with the Rams and then later with the Redskins. I mean, these are Sid Gill. You know, I said Gil, Sid Gill already. But these are some of the guys. Vince Lombardi, another one. You know, these are great coaches that are revered in NFL history, but they were also guys that weren't scared to push the boundaries. And, man, and they also, because of that, because they knew how far they were willing to go, they were absolutely paranoid of other teams spying on them. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's those teams that aren't paranoid that are getting rocked. Okay? You take, like, you know... The, the you know Patriots coaches came out and said after all things Spygate that man the teams they were most effective against were like you know it was it was the other AFC East teams who frankly weren't very good at the time and were didn't change their signals on a regular basis and so they just weren't security conscious enough to prevent this type of stuff and so you know while having good players is is great. It's everything else that comes into play that wins you those championships. It's do you have good coaching? Do you do all those little extra things to get your wins? And all of that comes into effect. You know, the diet, the stretching, the weightlifting, and the collecting information on your opponents and defending yourself against those collection techniques. All of that comes into play, and it's, it's, it's important. Uh, Kevin, I got to interrupt you for one second because uh, our intern Caesar made a face while you were talking and it was picked up in the comment section. And Tank said, did Caesar just realize the brown? (laughs) (laughs) I saw the look on your face change, Caesar. Is that exactly what happened? You realized the Browns? So he said Cleveland, they said the name Paul Brown. And I was like, Paul Brown. I was like, no fucking way is getting this team after like himself. I was like, no shot. <laughs> I'd always wonder why the Browns were the Browns. I was like, oh, maybe because like the river's brown or maybe, <laughs> maybe because the soil that they like built their house on was brown. Or, 
thought it was more like a geological reason. Not because the, geolo- geological well, the guy thought he was not nepotism. Was it wasn't nepotism. It was geological. Geological. Because like people in Cleveland know what geology is. Were like, I don't know. Your oh face as you processed it all was amazing. I can't go. I can't wait to go back and watch that happen again because it was like a light bulb just <laughs> Look, went off. You ask everyone below the age of like 25. If they knew that the Cleveland Browns were named after Paul Brown, and I guarantee you there's going to be like five. Right, let's put it out there, man. Let's put that poll out there on the Twitter. All right, we'll do that. We'll put that so out with there. the with the lack of success that the Cowboys have had over the last twenty or so. That, what years, was that? What was that for? Are, are, are we just? Are, are we just? My mind is going to. Has Jerry cut the the cheating budget? Is is that what we're to assume? Is, <laughs> did he did he say we've got to pull back on how much for cheating? You know, and invest more in draft picks or. What is it where you know teams that are traditionally like good or whatever can't quite seem to get over that hump if it's all about you know investing in this type of you know espionage? So I'll answer that in one second, but I want to I want to go back to the earlier point. So you know Paul Brown was not just a coach of the Browns; he also after that coached the Bengals. Yeah. So did you know that the Bengals were were named after his pet tiger? Yeah. What? No way. Uh, yeah, uh, Caesar. That's the the Brown family still owns the the Bengals. So they own the Bengals and the Browns. Oh no, they don't. The Ravens. No, they started the Browns. No, they don't. They just own the Bengals. They Can we get the, the more you know rainbow for Caesar? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just so you know, Caesar, I completely made that up. I just, I just want to say, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? twenty-two year old here. Hey. Bro, if it makes you feel any better, I fell for it. Because it's like, huh. But, uh, I can, <laughs> see, I can see that fucker having one. Do. It's oh, like Mike like, Tyson uh, just chilling with the tiger in Ohio. Like that, I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah. That's how Mike uh, Brown rolls. Uh, all right, <laughs> sorry, Kevin, go ahead. Jerry Jones is a dog shit GM, but he's an amazing businessman. There. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the Cowboys. Um, you know, obviously they've had their great years. Um, and Jimmy Johnson. You know, there's there's a guy who's willing to be a little in, unconventional and and think outside the box. But you know, I mean, he had a he had a great team too. I mean, you look at that talent that's on that team, man. It's hard not to win Super Bowls with all those studs. Um, but I will say this, you know, when the when the Patriots got busted for Spygate, Jimmy Johnson was one of the first ones that came out. He was a broadcaster at that point, and he said, "You know what? We used to do the same thing in Dallas. We used to record other team signals." Um, but we couldn't do it effectively. We, we, we recorded it, but we couldn't use that information effectively. And that's one of the things that separates the teams that can, you know, it's not just about collecting information. It's about, can you use it? Do you know how to assimilate it, digest it, and then be able to use it in a timely manner? Because if you can't, there's no point collecting it in the first place. And and Jimmy Johnson just said, you know what? It's of no use to us. To us, let's just stop doing that, and uh, because we're wasting our time, and we'll we'll concentrate on other things. So, you know, that's that's part of it. Um, but you know, I think Dallas just doesn't. They don't have the talent like they used to have, and obviously, um, <laughs> <laughs> Caesar's face. Caesar begs to differ. Is that is that a shock, Caesar? <laughs> not a shock, but we're still good. Like, I mean, <laughs> like that, man. Oh, Dakota, you're not good. Stop. 
We're okay, good. So, We're going to win the division. We're good. What? It's a dog shit division. You know what? Exactly. You know who the Cowboys are right now? They're the Raiders of 10 years ago. Okay? I wasn't they've, born. They've got they've got talent. They're just playing. They're just undisciplined. You look at the last. Yeah, because they're all fucking season. Jelly Bean is our head coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jelly Bean. That's such a great burn, man. That is. I don't even know what to say to that. I have this star <laughs> above me every day, and they disappoint me every day. The stars <laughs> at night shine big, big and bright. I'm deep in the heart of Texas. Kevin, let me ask you this. Scott uh, kind of started down this path on his last question, and you've danced around this uh, magnificently over the last 30 minutes or so. Is it cheating? Like, the, you're, you keep talking mm-hmm. about spying and, like, pushing the boundaries and pushing the envelope. Is this cheating? Is what these guys are doing cheating? Yeah. So I broke in spies on the sidelines down into sessions. Okay. So the first section of um, so the first section of my book is all about the illicit techniques that team use. Okay. So, or at least the controversial. So these are the techniques that are either, um, that either break NFL rules, policies, or memos, because the NFL can't get its act together and actually make those policies. <laughs> um, right. Or, um, there, there are topics that are, or techniques that are very controversial. Okay, so if you take lip reading, for example, you know, that's the reason all those coaches hold up the play sheets over the mouth when they're calling signals, because there actually are professional lip readers that are good enough to be able to tell what another team is calling out. And when you match what they're saying with the play that is ran on the field and you pair those up and match them, you can put two and two together. So, um, you know, so there's things like that, which some coaches are going to go, man, that's a dirty tactic, right? It may not violate a, a rule, but it's just dirty, okay? And then you've got stuff that is absolutely permissible, okay? like advanced scouting. Um, you know, and film study is a big part of that today. Or debriefing players that switch teams, okay? Sometimes that are brought in specifically a week or two before a game, right, off the, another team's practice squad. or that mm, recently Seahawks! <laughs> Every team, every team in the NFL does this. Every team in the NFL does this, right? Um, and then gathering information that's in the media. What if, what if coaches or other players said that's, you know, in TV interviews, on the radio, or that's, you know, that a, a journalist has published uh, that may be an insider with a certain team? So all these teams go through all these different techniques and, and look for that type of information. So the book covers, it covers all of that. Um, from, you know, what's, what you can do to stuff that's extremely shady and not allowed. So Mike, you tried to pin him down. Let me take He's a shot at a different angle here He's on this. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's he spent 23 <laughs> years, man. 23 years. Yeah. What you, you think you're going to get him on a few minute interview? Come on. <sighs> I, I can drink enough to th- convince myself of that. Yes. <laughs> so in your professional opinion, with all this research you've done and kind of the way that you've looked at the correlation of what teams do and the outcomes of it, do you think it's more important for teams to gather said information or to protect themselves from being gathered against? Yes. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, Mookie. Well done. Next question. 
yeah. I mean, they're both they're both critical. So if you take something as simple as film study, right? Which you know, man, it completely changes the game if you don't have that today. I mean, that advanced scouting, that film study, being able to identify tells and tendencies, which is really what they're trying to see with film study. Okay, so tendencies are if a team has a third and one what percentage of their time are they going to run certain plays? Okay. Okay. 60% of the time they're going to run up the middle. 20% of the time they're going to run out wide. 20, the other 20% of the time they're going to do a screen pass or something like that. Right. Okay. So it's being able to figure out so that when you're going to go call your defense to defend against them, when they're in a third and one, you know, statistically what's like, what you're likely to see. Okay. So that's, that's the, that's the tendencies that teams can tell today. Tells are something like, you know, just like when you play poker, right? You're playing pokers with your drunk buddies, uh, which is pretty much everybody on the show right now, I think. And <laughs> he gets the show. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, some dudes, you know, he, he does a cough or scratches his nose every time he's got a good hand, whatever he does, you know. So it's, that's a tell. And just like in poker, uh, football players have tells too, okay? Um, you know, there's wide receivers that will fiddle with their gloves when the ball's going to be passed out, passed to them, or they come charging out of the huddle anytime it's a pass play and then mosey out when it's a run play because uh, they're excited. Hey, I got to pass. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go get in my position and get ready to go. Right. Keyshawn. Yeah. yeah. Terrell <laughs> Owens used to do that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, that's critical to the game. And, and all the different types of, you know, being able to debrief, debrief players that come from other teams, a lot of information that can come out of that, very important. But on the other hand, man, if you're not protecting yourself and dealing with and dealing with the threat, so let's say debriefing a player. If you know someone just signed a guy off your practice squad that you're about to play, do you think you want to maybe consider changing stuff, right? I, I would. And maybe if you're really smart, and this is where the real good teams separate themselves from the other, right? Because everybody knows, okay, the sucky teams don't change anything. They lose, okay? You know, they're stuck in perpetual football hell and can't get out of it. The Lions. Right? The, <laughs> the medium-level teams, they will, change, they will change at least some things, the okay? Because there's not time to change everything. But they'll change some things. The really good teams try to sucker the opponent in, okay? They go, you know what? I know this guy knows that he knows this play call. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep the same name or same signal for that play or same audible, but that's now going to be a different play. And so if it's a third and one and it was typically a run up the middle, well, they just changed that play to a – fake handoff, and then go for a long pass down the seam for 30, 40 yards, right? So they're trying to sucker in the other teams. And that's really where you'll see teams begin to separate themselves. The good coaches can do that and know how to be able to employ that level of trickery. And, and the ones that aren't doing as well, um, they don't. Dan Campbell. <laughs> so so <laughs> we're just dropping here. Oh, those <laughs> so when you're oh. doing all your uh, research and basically figuring out kind of sort of how the sausage is being made, does that change your perspective, like in your fandom of the NFL at all? Like it's got a little, right? 
You know, so yes and no. Um, so I'll say I started out kind of like, I was like, man, those, you know, I read up a lot of, you know, Patriots and I was like, man, those guys and blah, 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 blah. And I would say this, when it, when it's going on today, it irks me a little bit, right? Because I'm like, oh man, these guys are competing against my, like my Broncos team or, you know, whoever you follow, right? It kind of, you're like, oh, that's, that's not really fair. But when I read about it historically, I find that I just find it fascinating. So I'll give you an example, man. Like as a Broncos fan, I couldn't stand Al Davis growing up, right? I was like, who you could? Know, everybody I was going to say the same thing, Scott. <laughs> who could? And I think towards the end of his career, you know, Al Davis was, well, he wasn't on top of his game and he became a little bit of a joke around NFL circles. But in his, <clears throat> excuse me, in his prime, Al Davis did not have a peer. He was the best at what he did. He, he, was a, he was a great coach, GM, et cetera, et cetera. But he was also one of those coaches um, and GMs that was absolutely the best on collecting information from other teams. And so when I read stories about him, you know, like sneaking into an opponent's locker room dressed as a reporter and sitting down with a player <clears throat> and saying, hey, what was the toughest thing for you to ever defend against? And that player pulls out a board and starts diagramming stuff on the board for Al Davis. He's sitting there taking notes. Wait, right? you didn't go to UT. <laughs> I, gain, I gain a newfound respect for a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, holy cow, this dude's awesome. I love How this. did that guy not recognize him? I mean, I know it was the olden days and there wasn't, you know, the Facebook and whatnot. So, but <laughs> this, was, this was when he was an assistant coach and he was under Sid Gilman uh, okay. with the Chargers think... back in the day before, you know, before he was big time. That's fair. Um, that's fair. Yeah, I was just like, are you kidding? Because I'm picturing the Al Davis. You're picturing him like just win, baby, baby. right? Yeah. So if you read any books other than Spies on the Sidelines, which should absolutely be your first, which is definitely not happening. I can only read one every year. (laughs) Going to be yours, but I can only read one. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about five years down the road when you pick up book number two. That sounds good. Yeah. Now we're talking. Al Al Davis is a great character to read up on. Man, he is one of he is just such a funny guy. All his life, he has been a character. I mean, he literally lied, cheated, and stole his way to get where he was, even to get an, a like his start in coaching. He pretended he pretended to be another guy who was a coach named Al Davis. Someone said, "Are you the?" They said, "Are you the Al Davis?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm the Al Davis." we're gonna hire you then. So, Ohio State is gonna sue him. <laughs> yeah for a lot so i mean just i mean fascinating character yeah are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain downtown's Healthcare in denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive non-surgical and drug-free start your journey to a pain-free life call downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992 now in lowry or downtown Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
All right. Uh, here's what I'm going to do, Kevin, uh, because you're still dancing around this and you're getting <laughs> oh, I'm going to name some coaches uh, from the past. You tell me dirty, rotten cheater or not. Okay. Those are your only two options. You can't say, ah, oh, he did that. No, he's either a dirty, rotten cheater or he's not. <laughs> oh, John Madden, dirty, rotten cheater or not. Uh, just passed away. Not so? maybe. Oh. Not maybe. <laughs> not okay. maybe. Okay. Tony Dungy, dirty rotten cheater or not? No, I yes. think I think oh. I think Dungy's pretty squared away. Uh, he's a, he's a he's a he's a pretty he's a pretty clean guy. I can't I don't have any info on him, but I, I can't imagine him doing too much that's way outside those lines. Now, hold on though. I'm pretty sure I heard he picked up that tab for all the my ties. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton Manning make, makes like six times what Tony Dunn <laughs> Well, you think NBC ain't taking care of him? Come on. <laughs> All right, Mike Ditka, dirty, rotten cheater or not? Uh, with the Bears. Um, you know that was an interesting team. I've got, I've got some, I've got some stuff. Um, you know, I, I sounds like yes. It sounds like a yes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't confirm Ditka went too far. But um, he also can't deny know, it. He can't that, deny it. That was a guy. If I had to suspect somebody, right? If I had to look into somebody that I was like, "Hey, this is probably one of the likely dudes," I might start an investigation with him. He, he'd be <laughs> he'd be up there on the list. And I love based music. on a, based on his uh, kneeling stance. I'd say you're accurate. On that. <laughs> 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 All right. How about Jim Mora, dirty rotten cheater or not? Mm, you know so here's the thing man so the closer you get to modern day the tougher it gets to answer right Mm. so i'll tell you i'll tell you why because all these dudes that write books nobody's coming out with diddly squat in the modern game so i can tell you when it comes to the modern game i can tell you a lot of stuff about coaches that are either using techniques that are permissible or they're countermeasures that they're using or maybe techniques that are a little controversial, okay? But if you're talking about stuff that is absolutely like breaking rules, man, guys don't talk about that. They just don't. Um, Because, right, for the most part. I mean, really the only guys, you know, the modern game that you can talk about, Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, absolutely, you know. And then, um, you know, everybody else, it gets, it's, it's dicey. You know, it's tough. It's tough to know whether they're, you know, how much, how far they're going. Um, when you look back and you look at the history of the NFL, I think that's the neat thing about the book. It's not necessarily about who do we rat out, okay? Because for the most part, throughout the history of the NFL, what you're going to see is tons of teams are doing this. Tons and tons and tons of teams are doing stuff that breaks rules. And frankly, what we consider cheating as fans, okay, is not necessarily what NFL coaches are going to consider cheating. So I'll give you some examples of this. So if if a bunch of guys, if some, several guys get caught trying to sneak into a practice facility to be able to like watch, photograph, or tape a practice, man, that's just like, that's par for the NFL, okay? So there are going to be teams that absolutely are going to try to run a mini investigation, figure out who these guys belong to. But there are going to be other coaches too that just go, you know what? This happens all the time. And frankly, just get out of here. Just, just leave. Like, and these are some of the same dudes that are, you know why they don't care? Because they're going, you know what? We do the same stuff, man. I don't want to make a big stink of this. 
Like, <laughs> I don't want to come back on me. You know, I don't want to come. Like, that's exactly it. Because, you know, in the history of the NFL, you know, there's an interesting story about like George Allen when he was with the Rams and he, um, he sent a guy down to watch a practice. All right. So he had a guy in a car sitting in a car watching the practice of another team. Well, the dude gets spotted. And before he can get away, the other team's security writes down the license plate of the car that goes speeding off. So they track it back to the Rams because it's a rental car, okay? And they find <laughs> out that this dude is staying in a hotel, you know, all this kind of stuff. So the opposing team brings it up with the NFL. And then what do the Rams do? The Rams make a counter accusation. They're like, well, you know, um, yeah, we were doing this. But your spy, who was named Bucko, that was his nickname, right? He's some 300-pound <laughs> scout. Okay, they're like, hey, Bucko was up in it. We saw Bucko up in a tree at our practice facility, and he was watching our games. Okay, which, you know, everybody knew that was BS and they, I'm sure they had a good laugh about it. But that's exactly what happens if you accuse, you know, if you go accusing another team, they're just going to point the finger right back at you. Like, like, OK, hey, yeah, you, oh, maybe we do this, but you do this over here. So you got, you know, if you live, you know, people live in glass houses, don't throw rocks. Right. And it's kind of like that in the NFL. So. I just like to point out that Bill Walsh's good name has not been brought up once during this. I was going to no, no, continue. Continue. Bill toes. Walsh is a saint, and he, he would never do any of this. I was going to say, please, please. No, I was leaving him for last. Don't you dare. Bill Walsh. So one of the things I thought that was really interesting about Walsh, you know, so spying is and, and collecting information on your opponents. Obviously, it's huge. It's really helpful and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and what you'll see in my book is, you know, so many championships and Super Bowls have been majorly impacted or won based on this type of stuff. Um, but what I will say is that if you have a superior team, that's just like way better than every, you know, your opponent, sometimes it doesn't matter. Okay. Sometimes it just doesn't matter. And Bill Walsh and the 49ers, with Joe Montana and all that, um, you know, during that time period, we're a great example of that because there's, you know, there's a story in my book about how one of their backup quarterbacks went to another team and he was sitting there on the other bench and realized that the 49ers hadn't bothered to change their signals, their offensive play call signals in 10 years. Okay. <laughs> 10 years. That's when he was with the team. Okay. And so this guy, this quarterback, he's feeding the defensive coordinator all the upcoming plays of the 49ers. And guess what? 49ers still kick their butt. Yep, um, yep. Checks because, out. Yeah, they were just that stinking good. Um, when you scout well and, and develop players well, you don't need to cheat, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, and that, you know, when it comes to the 49ers, there's another interesting story in there. One of the topics of my book is the draft, how teams collect on. Um, how they assess draft pros prospects and how they assess how other teams value prospects. So they assess the assessments of other teams, right? Because <laughs> you never want right? to overpay for a guy that you're drafting, right? So why draft a guy in the first round if you can get him in the third round? And that's exactly what the 49ers did with Joe Montana, okay? So actually um, they valued – Joe Montana above the round that they picked him in, but they said, you know what? Other teams don't value him as highly as we do. So we're going to slide down in the draft and pick him up later, which is what they did. And um, I'm sure if they, you know, would have found out, you know, and 
what Joe Montana was going to become, they, they wouldn't have took it, taken any chances. They wouldn't have drafted him in the first round, no matter what they thought any team was going to pick him at. <laughs> um, but it just goes to show, like, um, you really like the collection part of the NFL. It doesn't. It encompasses everything. You know the assessments of assessments of other teams, how other teams weight lift, the techniques they use to weight lift. They collect on that. They probably collect on how other teams eat. What's their dietary program? You know, their nutritional program. They're looking at everything to get an edge on their opponents because the NFL is built on parity these days. The NFL draft and the salary cap are pushed these teams to, you know, they're so close now. And so many games are decided by seven points or less. Just look at last year's playoffs. Every game was coming down to who got the ball last. You know, it was awesome. Oh, no, it fucking but, killed me. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, All those yeah. double-digit spreads and shit. <laughs> you know, awesome. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, it just goes to show, like, you need every little advantage you can get, and teams are doing all of that. And, um, you know, and, and that's what I cover in the book is, is a lot of that type of stuff. Just how Zach far they're willing to go. must have had all the info on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, oh, God. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody needed any info on Tannehill. Yeah, it was just like, he's going to throw interceptions. We got this. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, dog. <laughs> that, that was his analysis. So before we drift too far away from Mike's little little whatever earlier, where we were trying to pin you down on some stuff, I got one last one. You're going to try one more time and You're going to try one more time. Slippery, slippery, I'm going to be honest. Bro, that Kev, this is a layup. Don't fuck this up, man. <laughs> Brian Kelly, dirty, rotten cheater or no? He's college. He's never been um, Like, why would he know that? Like, that was my question. Research college ball movie. That's the question. point, man. <laughs> he should know that we are anti Brian Kelly on this show. So, ask that question, but not about Brian Kelly. I, I don't know. So, I will say this. So, my next book that I'm writing, I'm currently in the middle of writing, is on college football. Thank God. That was my question. That was so, my question. Yeah. So, I get into all that, and it's different in college football, and it's different with what's allowed and what's permissible, right? Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Even the layup that I thought he'd be like, yeah, he's got no, he's not going to burn any bridges talk about BK, but no teaser for his next book. What I've learned, what I've learned from Kevin during this interview is about tells and Kevin's tells. Yeah. Was that a tell or a tendency though? Cause he's I have noticed the tendency when Kevin doesn't want to answer the question there's a like good pause and then he's like complete the fifth he's another whole uh, section on urban meyer well, so here's here's the thing there's you know so when i'm in the middle of writing it right i've got a lot of suspicions on a bunch of coaches on uh, you know urban. who are the who are the guys that i want to research that's one of the I'm first things that i always start with right I burnt, who are those guys that i expect to be in dirty rotten rats right okay yeah. so because those are the guys i want to get the books on jimbo and fisher i want to and i want to interview people that know these guys right so you know i try to go there but you know having said that without kind of putting together a whole picture of these guys i'm very hesitant to just label somebody as a dirty rotten rat based off one inter- interview or one book that i've read you know i try to really put a a 
big picture together before I go. Uh, you know, I want to. I want to go. To yeah, those you things. sound like a professional. So, we, we just like yeah, label I, guys I off of just speculative stuff. We're like yeah. Nick Saban, dirty rotten cheater, dirty rotten cheater, right. dirty, yeah. Jimbo Fisher. You know what? Dude. You don't even I'm have to make... talk to Brian Kelly's family to know that he's a dirty. Rotten cheater. <laughs> I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make you guys happy. Everybody, every coach that you've mentioned, every team that you've mentioned so far tonight. Dirty rotten cheaters. Oh, no, no, no. Bill Walsh wants to. Bill Walsh, dirty rotten cheater. Dirty rotten cheater. Kevin, I got one more serious question for you. Then we'll get into our, we do quick hitters with our guests every time. Just like gut instinct questions that have nothing to do with your book. But I did want to ask you quickly about coaching trees. So what's interesting to me is you're you're looking at these coaches, you're see you know they've got all these things that they do. The good ones are are very involved in this. You talked about Mike Shanahan, uh, you know Bill Belichick, obviously. But what's interesting to me is like the Bill Belichick coaching tree is complete dog shit. Outside of like next statement, I guess like all of his assistants are just terrible. So, do you think like coaches have these things that they do, but they're not divulging all of the information to their assistant coaches, and that's why the assistant coaches aren't as successful? Like they can pick up on how to run the practices, uh, how to implement the offense, but they don't have the key ingredient of how to spy on the other teams. Yeah. So when it comes to the coordinators, the coordinators typically know most of the stuff that's going on most. However, I will say this um, when it comes to offensive collection operations in the NFL, especially those that are listed. So like spying on another team's practice, those are very compartmentalized. Okay. That's going to remain within a very small group of people, right? Because if push comes to shove and people get in trouble, um, they don't want a lot of people knowing about it. And, you know, we saw that with Spygate, but that, that goes on everywhere. So what I will say is that when it comes to coaching trees and collecting information, you absolutely see that in the NFL. So I'll give you an example. Um, Sid Gilman with the Chargers, okay? And I'd love to trace it back further than him, but I can at least start from Sid Gilman, okay? So Al Davis was an assistant coach with him, okay? Bill Belichick absolutely idolized uh, Al Davis and was at one point interviewed to be the defensive coordinator of the Raiders. And we're talking uh, about the Al Davis, right? The, the, uh, the, okay. the Check. Davis. I just want to verify. Just, make sure we're the about Al Davis. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and even during that interview, you know, um, Al Davis tried to, you know, it was a two day long interview that Belichick basically ended it by saying, Hey, uh, you know, I, you know, more or less was like, yeah, I know what you're doing. You're trying to pick my brain uh, for everything I know. I, I, I got it. So, but when you look at these coaching trees, right, and you see these guys, um, yeah, these guys are learning it from the head coach that they were previously under. A lot of these techniques and tactics. So why doesn't that work with the Patriots is the big question, right? Why can't you take that knowledge and apply it elsewhere? Well, obviously there's more than just, you know, collecting information and protecting information that goes into being a good coach. But what I would say is this, uh, the Patriots have a dude on their team named Ernie Adams, okay? And he is someone that almost nobody knows anybody anything about. But he's one of the top, probably three or four smartest guys in the entire NFL, okay? Um, he's not a coach. He basically does the um, special projects for the Patriots, which includes collecting information on other teams. And he's a savant. 
He's been with Belichick since high school. They're high school. They're old high school buddies. Oh, okay. Cute. They, he has a photographic memory. He can literally recall a play and say, Oh, I recognize this play. This was used in the 1972 Super Bowl by blah, 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 blah. And the dude is just amazing. So the Patriots success is not just Belichick and Tom Brady. It is Belichick, Ernie Adams, and Tom Brady. And, you know, no longer Tom Brady, obviously, and no longer the same success. But, you know, you can't, it, it, you can't strip, you can't think about the, the Patriots and, they, and their success that they had without Ernie Adams. And he goes back with Belichick to the Browns. And they were involved in some shady stuff back then. Like he, it's, you know, one of his, one of their former uh, coaches that was with the Browns made it, or no, one of their former coaches that was with the Patriots was told the story that back when Belichick and Adams were with the Browns, that they would record other teams' whiteboards on their sidelines, right? And to see what was written on there to try to decipher it all. So like, like with video cameras, like they would like zoom in with video cameras during the game. Not, I think it was before the game when they were, you okay. know, people would be wandering but, the sidelines. Well, yeah, but still, but like, yeah. per, like not like practice the week of, like during no, no, no. the we're, game, they would. We're talking game day. Yep. So crazy, motherfucker. You know. Man. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it. Uh, I think. I think. So I think without because what makes the Patriots great is not necessarily just their collection. It's how to use that information. And Ernie Adams was the guy who would say. Okay, we're getting information on team signals from our video that we're recording from games. We're getting it off off of what we can get off the TV recording. We're getting off of bringing other players in from other teams and then asking them about stuff that we already know. Hey, does this signal right here or this audible, does it still correspond to this play? And you're putting all of this to get all these different collection techniques that they use to be able to answer their requirements, the information they want to know about other teams. And you've got a guy with a photographic memory putting all of this together, who's an absolute stud and a genius. And man, it's, it's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. And it's something Belichick doesn't have to spend all this time worrying about because he's got a brain behind him doing it. I think that's a big reason why that success cannot be replicated elsewhere. So there you go, Mookie. Matt Patricia, it wasn't all his fault. He just didn't have the guy behind the guy. He didn't have the brain. Now, now, before we get to quick hitters, then I do want to interject real quick because I think this is a perfect segue into the last thing I want to ask you, Kevin, because you're right. Bill Belichick doesn't have to worry about this because he has a brain behind him. And I'm going to take a leap as the senior member of this this ticket that we're running on. And Caesar. I think we need to offer Kevin secretary of staff or press secretary role when we run for office. So Kevin, how do you feel being part of our squad running for office here in 2024? Well, as much as you guys, there's the tell. There's the tell. Yeah, he's like, I'm not real easy. I have <laughs> so I'm, I'm not opposed to helping you guys out. I'm just thinking as much as you guys all drink, if you're yes. going to be running for public office, there's going to be a bunch of stories coming out about all of you guys. And you're <laughs> going to need somebody to suppress all of that type of information there it and is. to pay off people, to bribe people, et cetera, et cetera. So I think I would be better used 
you know, kind of doing that security function for you. Um, you know, so just, yeah. I, see, you're, you're already nailing the job. You got the job, man. You don't have to interview yeah. anymore because <laughs> you already took what I threw out there. Like, you know what? But how about we do this instead? Yeah, you are exactly <laughs> right. Let's go. We are building this Kevin, cabinet now. Kevin will, will lock down your Mar-a-Lago. You're good. Don't worry. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> The good news is, though, Kevin, we're also kind of broke, so, like, we can't really do that much damage or go that far away from home, so, like, it contains things in a smaller area, too. Hey, the best thing is when you know all the secrets about the big and powerful people, you know you're going to have a big salary. So, you know, I'm I'm excited excited about this. This is great. It's going to be – oh, it's good. It's only looking up from here. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you get the quick hitters queued up for Kevin uh, and for everybody else? I can bring that up. Yeah, I got you. Kevin Bryan is is with us tonight. He is the author of the new book, uh, Spies on the Sidelines, The High Stakes World of NFL Espionage. You can find the book. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. Go to spiesonthesidelines.com. Uh, there is audiobooks available. Audio uh, Audible is coming soon, right, Kevin? That's, that's, that's correct. Cool. Yep, that'll be is, it, is it you reading it? No, so it's actually my dad reading it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I just didn't have the time uh, to be fair. able to put it all together. Too busy and, uh, doing, uh, you know, illustrious shows like this one. So I get right. it. I Precisely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm working a full-time job. I'm promoting the book. I'm now, I don't know, what what, what are we going to, what's my official position going to be? Doesn't matter. You don't need an official position. You're just Whatever. part of the like team. NSA yeah. of Caesar and you know what? No. El Jefe Day Special Project. Don't lump me in on Mookie and Caesar's ticket. That's their thing. I don't want any part of this. I'm probably voting against them. I'm not going to lie. I don't what care who's fuck? running. Against them. Listen, first of all, I never said we're running for an office that was voted on. Okay. So just <laughs> slow your roll there, first of all. We could take uh, second, Ohio. I, think, I think special projects, VP of special projects. I like we'll, that. That's we'll good. take a page out of, out of Belichick's book, right? The fixer says, uh, <laughs> the says what fixer. Yes, the fixer is yeah. there. You know. I, um, did, I did dig Olivia Pope, man. Whew, man. She. Wow. Great. Wow. All right, weird. Scott, you got those thank quick you. questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank God. I, I, I got a word in He was doing <laughs> so well. For most Wait a minute. No, hold on a minute. Are you telling me that y'all never watch Scandal? Hey, I'm aware of who she is. All right, Bro. Kevin, here's works. We're going we're gonna to have Scott ask you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for muting. Uh, we're going to have uh, Scott ask you some very intense questions, uh, hence the music that's very scary. These are gut reactions. Don't think too hard. Don't give us your tell. You need to just answer you, right you away. Answer them. Which one you think is correct, uh, and okay. then this would determine whether or not we like you and uh, maybe bring you back. It's true. <laughs> it's very high stakes. Man, this is high stakes. Okay, here we go. Plain cake donuts. Yay or nay? Yay. Yes. Okay. Hey, Backflips. Right. Yay or nay? Yay. Yeah. There you go. Here, 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 we'll get a little personal. When you button Strong your game. shirt, do you button from the top down or from the bottom up? Bottom up. Congratulations. Oh, correct answer. No, incorrect. Same that's thing. <laughs> when you zip your pants, do you zip then button or button then zip? I'm trying to remember the last time I wore a pair of pants. buttons <laughs> 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 and a zipper. And I think if you do, you're probably like... Way out of fashion. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I put him in the <laughs> Thank you, Caesar. Thank you for right I started that question. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Okay, now we get into the real serious ones. Are IPAs just pumpkin spice lattes for white dudes? Yep. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes, it Yes, yes, no, sir. no, no. You gotta let him do that in this character. Chicken wings. All drums or all flats? Drums. Ooh, interesting. All right. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Oh, heck yeah. That a boy. Wow. There wow. you go. An emphatic answer on that I'll one. I'll put anything on a pizza, just about. I'll, the more toppings, the better. All right. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Not a huge on either, though. Fair enough. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Be careful with this answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Damn it, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Damn it, Kevin. Oh. So well, Kevin. You're doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you can redeem yourself. Topanga or Kelly Kaprowski? I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Gun instinct, go! Kaprowski! Fair enough. That's a good question. There's no wrong answer. Yeah, there really isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Correct answer. Good answer. Ended on a walk-off. Not even close. Not even close. He earned it, everybody. Uh, I think it's a consensus. <laughs> You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I won't forget that Die Hard one qu- uh, quickly though. Like that, that's going to yeah. linger for a while. We're going to have to work gonna that hurt. That, that really hurts. Uh, Biscuit oh, says he lost me on pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. What, Robert Taylor. I wish I had seen it. Robert yeah. Taylor was going along with the questions, but I, I hadn't seen them. But he was like, uh, "I hate him already. Love him. Back in my good graces. <laughs> totally wrong." <laughs> and, and then. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what answers oh, well, that's fair enough, man. <laughs> These yeah. questions are very divisive. Uh, hey, so, so here's here's my pizza when I when I go get it, right? Because I like going to your pie where you can like pile on whatever you want for the same. Sounds like price. a subway, but for pizzas. Salami, oh. pepperoni, pineapple, uh, cilantro, olives, uh, green or black, pe- green peppers, black. Um, oh, I'll do pesto and red sauce together. Uh, man, really? I just I'm just slapping stuff on there. I love this it. Place, oh. so this, place doesn't, this place doesn't charge by the topping. Uh, no, like that's you just the great get, thing about it, man. So I love a combo amazing. pizza, and it's the best spot to go because it whether you get a cheese pizza or whether you put everything on. And I some saw some dude walk out with like yeah, toppings like this thick on top of the pizza. <laughs> right? It's the same price. I was like, that dude's a genius. 
He I just mean, stocked up on groceries for the week. Yeah, he didn't actually get pizza. He just get a couple of meals out of it. Like, I'm just going to want to eat tomorrow. <laughs> I just came in for a cheese pizza, but hey, I got to eat lunch tomorrow. <laughs> if I was homeless, that's where I'd go every day. I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, hey, just, get, just give me that pizza. I want to like that. Speaking of homeless, Joe Hall, take note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well kevin thank you very much for coming on and talking about the book this this has been really fun and and enlightening and god i i, I really want to know more about this stuff like, i have and, a new outlook on every coach in the nfl now like i feel like i'm gonna be watching be like ooh, uh they, they dirty they, rotten cheater yeah we confirmed that <laughs> no, this is just like baseball and steroids they're all on it they're, they're all doing it <laughs> So, so technically, thereby, it's not really cheating. It's all legal because everybody's doing it. <laughs> uh, Kevin, you're welcome to hang out with us for the rest of the show, too. We probably got like another 15 minutes or so. Oh, if you got a debt, show. Uh, totally fine. It's up to you, man. Nah, that's, that sounds good. I'll hang out with you guys. All right, awesome. Uh, let's do uh, let's I'm do this real quick because uh, I did see Joe Hall in the comments. So, Kevin, we have a friend of ours, uh, Joe Hall, who is currently walking across the country uh, for charity. He's raising money for the Dayton Children's Hospital here in Ohio. Uh, he is. Uh, we've not got technically homeless. He's not technically yeah, not homeless. technically homeless, but he could use that uh, that pizza advice. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Joe is in Schuyler, Nebraska tonight. Uh, he's boring. camping out. Uh, here's an update on the map. He has made it into Nebraska, crossed through Iowa. Uh, so let's uh, zoom in here a little bit. He's, uh, like I said, Sky- uh, Skyler, Nebraska. He's almost to the halfway point. Kearney, Nebraska is halfway to uh, the end of his walk in San Francisco. Um, Kevin, if you've got any contacts at the Niners that we can hook Joe up with, like, hey, let's get him on the field or something, we should we should talk. We should figure this or out. Or just some fresh shocks, even honestly. Yeah, even just yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but if you guys uh, that are watching want to donate, uh, again, hallacrossthecountry.com. You can donate to uh, Run a Mile for Jackson that goes to the Dayton Children's Hospital uh, or go and buy Joe a uh, uh, hotel room for the night. You can donate directly to him. And as always, when we talk about Joe, uh, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, 988 is the number. If you or anybody you know needs help, don't hesitate to reach out. 988 is the number to call. There's your Joe Hall update for the week. Uh, killing it, man. Into Nebraska. That's insane. I, I got to be honest. It, he, he commented earlier, and he's not calling in. So, like, I just – are we sure he's okay with the raccoon situation? <laughs> I don't know. Iowa. He's, yeah, he's, I know it was in Iowa, but, dude, there's raccoons everywhere. He went like, 30 plus they talk. miles today. He walked 30-plus miles today. So that's why Holy I was like, Joe, don't worry about calling in. He didn't get into town until, like, 8 o'clock uh, his time. Wait a minute. Like, he walked in. 30 miles today. Didn't wasn't going to call in, but then still had time to talk shit about me. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate. Well, there's always time for that. Just like there's always room for Jello. <laughs> I like Jello. Luby's Jello. Luki, I can't believe you didn't call me out on not doing the transition before Kevin came on. But we'll go ahead and do it now for you. Let's talk a little more football. <laughs> The Pony Express is back, baby. Did you what? hear about this? You didn't no. hear about it? The Pony Express SMU, they're finally coming off of their death penalty from paying players back in the day. Like they're starting to get their program back up and running. There is a collective at SMU that is now offering all of their football players a yearly salary of $36,000 a year. Fantastic. Like they're, officially, they're like, you know what? 
the Pony Express rides again, baby. We're just flat <laughs> out pay them. Let's go. You can't do shit about it, NCAA. <laughs> I missed that, but that's awesome. <laughs> I'm I want SMU to become a power again because of that. <laughs> There's so too many excited. in Texas already. They could stay sucking. I just needed to be Texas, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not worried about you well, and Texas, Texas fans. The salary, bro. We're worried about chaos. Kevin, did yeah, you no. hear the uh, the college football news that broke today about the uh, college football playoff committee? Uh, there was a call that uh, apparently on the call of the, the committee, they discussed for about five minutes, hey, we should probably think about maybe breaking away from the NCAA for football and it's just being college football is on its own. It's not under the NCAA. How do you think, uh, Kevin, from, you know, you're starting to research college football do you see that as a direction that uh, that we end up in here in the in the near future? I doubt it, but um, but it's it's so different now. It's it's just crazy. I mean, the last few years with the uh, the names, images, and likeness uh, deal, and then also the one time transfer rule, which is about to become the unlimited transfer rule, from yeah. what I hear. Yeah. Um, so you know what used to be, you recruit a player. Um, now you have to, let's say you're Arizona state, right? You've got a decent program, but you're not a great program. Okay. So what it means is if you get a top tier player that like, he's a freshman, he has a great year. You have to like basically re-recruit that guy every single year because every team's coming after him. That's, you know, that's a powerhouse to try to get this guy. And it is just, it is absolutely insane. Um, it's like the wild west when it comes to the recruiting world and recruiting is one of the, the topics I get into in the book um, that is different than the, obviously way different than the NFL book. Um, but I tell you, man, you want to talk about shady stuff that goes on. Um, there is nothing that goes on in the NFL that is shadier than the world of college football recruiting. Lane Kiffin. <clears throat> Sorry. Just can't, just okay, wait. He found his punter at a frat party. That's the greatest story I've ever heard. I was gonna. I was gonna try to bring that in there. Some point. Yeah, <laughs> you mentioned Arizona State party. Uh, you mentioned Arizona State. Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. Dirty rotten cheater. Or no. Hell yeah, they all are in college. Well, I mean, we've already established that everybody is right. Yeah, we've. <laughs> so I think just, yeah, Scott. Let's just, let's just Scott threw it that. out there. Kevin seconded <laughs> it. The motion passed, man. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and and actually, it's funny you say that, like, because didn't he actually get in trouble for violating practice yes. guidelines? Yes. Yeah. So it's like he's a dirty rotten cheater, even <laughs> by the NCAA's standards, he's a dirty rotten cheater. Well, Kevin, you talked about like going to unlimited transfers and like this this world that we're going to. It it almost seems like that's more of a reason for them to break away from the NCAA because then the college football committee, uh, the college football playoff committee, can then decide their own rules and what's acceptable and what's not, rather than relying on the NCAA and their red tape and bullshit to to come up with this stuff yeah i mean it's a possibility but i would say you know as much as the in its in, as many changes as the ncaa has made why do you want to break away now i think i think teams the big powerhouse teams that this that all of this favors okay and that's that's who it favors mm-hmm. man you've got everything you've always wanted like Everything that the boosters used to do that was illegal, such as SMU, which I talk about, which I've got in the, you know, that's coming up in the new book, okay? Talk about that whole scandal and whatnot. Everything that they got busted for, you can now legally do. So why do you even want to break away? 
you've got everything set up for you. It's, it's perfect. It's great. You've got all this money that you can just throw at players. Um, and you've got all the TV deals already built in. Um, it's a cash cow. I, I would be, I would be surprised if they pull away be, just because what do you, what are you hoping to gain from it now that you don't already have? Wait, Kevin, are you basically saying, where are you going to go? Oh, Mookie, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You son of a <laughs> At least once a show. On the day that Joey Votto goes out for the year, you go and pull that. Are you kidding me? Hey, I can't help it, man. It's the reality of the situation. It's what he said. Where are you going to go? I feel like you want me to do, to uh, weigh in on a lover's quarrel uh, topic there. So I'm, I'm oh always always. I'll just leave that one. Uh, to maybe make Mike feel a little bit better, I do feel like we have to give a rap air horn to Scott in the chat here. I don't know if you saw the Dennis Green comment, but uh, Scott chimes in as we were talking. The last one goes: Dennis Green knew they were all dirty, rotten cheaters, and he still let him off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Matt Bartaken strays at Joey Votto, saying Joey Votto retiring with one career RBI. He meant in the postseason, not uh, not what Joey Votto has way more. Uh, he did at least correct himself, but still, that's it's fucking terrible. Yeah, I don't I don't want to talk about that. Uh, all right, so uh, Scott, you're the the college football hater. Like, how do you take that news of the of college football? At least starting the discussion. It's still a long ways out. It was a five-minute discussion on a call, but this is the first reported instance of the college football playoff committee being like, eh, maybe we should look into this. I believe the genesis of our friendship goes back to, I just want chaos when it comes to college football. <laughs> Having no dog in the fight, I want whatever upsets the apple cart the most. And this is going to rustle the jimmies of so many traditionalists that I'm all the way here for it. Bring me all of it. Uh, Caesar, Caesar with the, the youth opinion. The hand raise. Thank yeah. you for, for uh, <laughs> the, the floor. Recognize that yields his time to Caesar. Caesar. <laughs> Are you still in high school? No. <laughs> hey, he's a college graduate, motherfucker. Put some respect on his name. College is, grad. He can get a DUI is, now, you know. The thing is that there's a lot of voices going on. And remember, I'm a lowly-level intern here, and then there's a guest. <laughs> so okay. Okay. I got to make sure that I don't want to just get involved in a random conversation. But so what – I mean, I'm, a, I'm assuming y'all heard. I know Mookie did about the European Super League where they got all the best teams around Europe and they should make their own league. That's what college football is going to become. College football is going to be like, like if you think of the great state of Texas and all the great programs that's in it, so you're just going to get like UT. A&M, they could, A&M could go to the fucking, like, like the champions. They could go like in like the hey, Caesar, what's Texas whatever. ranked in the AP ranking? We're not, we're not, we're not. Okay, just checking. Right, wait, just... wait, no, 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 it's the AP poll. So, I mean, we're good. It doesn't matter. Okay. But hey, 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 Mike, Mike, Mike. Around Notre Dame got, the, by the end of the season, we'll be fine. Texas, Texas State Championship. They Wait, can get you, a ring you, themselves this year are if you they claiming, win all the big games. Are you claiming that the AP doesn't matter because it's just a bunch of writers? Like, that's really rude to our guest, Kevin, that you would say that. No, yeah, that no, is that's not what I said. Rude, so I would have said that if I I'm offended on his Hang on. I think we need to stop Caesar. We literally have a wise guy Kevin and all writers right now. Apologize to Kevin. I'm a writer. Yeah. Nothing published. Apologize to Kevin and yourself right now. I'm sorry myself, and I'm sorry Kevin for doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> I apologize anyway. for absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> oh, Double champ does what he wants. Ah! Anyway, so what's gonna end up happening is 
you're going to have UT versus USC, USC versus Ohio State, Ohio State versus Florida State, where it's going to be a probably 30-team conference and they have their own little – or 30-team league. It's just going to be the European yeah. Super League of college football. That's what's well, that's happen. what we're going to now under the NCAA. The question is, do they stay under the NCAA? Or oh, do they no, no, that's what I'm saying. They'll we're, go to the college football playoffs. They're already getting to a, a 30-team Super League or two Super Leagues between the SEC and the Big Ten. <laughs> No, we no, got I, Kevin. I, we broke Kevin as as Ed <laughs> asked the question: Is Mookie wearing a red tracksuit? jersey. Hang on. Why does Ed's uh, picture on YouTube look like, like he's Joe. about to go on a rant on Facebook about he's the government? Truth Social? Like, what is yeah. happening here? Well, while while in his truck, right? <laughs> No, it's a it's a Bayern Munich jersey. Uh, wearing it for a little shout out to my boy Lewandowski for making his premiere with Barca, um, which went super well. But best Polish soccer player of all time getting paid. That's always a good time in my book. Are you Polish? Hundred percent, baby. Oh shit! You, you know what they call me? You know what they call me though? They call me Derby Ready because I'm thoroughbred, motherfucker. Oh, I don't know what thoroughbred means. 100%. I'm pure. Oh, That's hard. I'm just That's hard. all That's hard. bullish. That's hard. That's hard. Speaking of dirty, rotten cheaters, <laughs> the son of Fernando Tatis, the one with Junior on his name, uh, he cheated. He got busted. But, uh, Eight you know, games suspension ball. for tattoos. For, for, for ringworm medication, folks. Wait, ringworm actually, medication. so serious question here real quick. Uh, 80 games. Is that because it's his second? I thought it no, went 60, no, 100. No, they, they upped it after the first couple Wait, of years. Wait, this is the second 80... one? They only had one. No, no this is his first, first, I guess. This is his first. Yeah. 80 is for the first infraction. They they Jesus. changed it after the first couple of years. That tells you just how much baseball doesn't matter because they have to suspend someone 80 fucking games just for it to have an impact. Kevin, does baseball matter? Not at all. Damn it. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much as it used to. I grew up playing soccer, Mookie. I played NCAA. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I actually used to live not too far from uh, München, as they say in German. And dude, uh, I actually I used to go to Bayern Munich games. So, yeah. That's, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, how, like, so, so, like, when were you over? Like, how, like, were you adult, kid? I, like uh, adult yeah yeah I was, over dude, there, I was over there twice i've lived in germany for seven years total so all right, is well, there beer better change numbers after the show oh geez. yeah there's there's no doubt <laughs> right. did they, well, hang on do they do like dunkles in the stadium for uh Bayern Munich games like is it big leaders at dunkle so first of all they do any type of beer it no. whatsoever it yeah it's 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 insane it's it's crazy bring out that boot I, I was gonna say, just picture Hofbra House, but with soccer going on. Uh, it's it's wild. The first time I ever went to a uh, a game, so uh, there's like a sidewalk through a big grass park that leads out um, to the to the you know the parking area and where everyone exits, and everyone just literally stands on the edge of this sidewalk and pees um, <laughs> after the game. And so you're walking to you're walking to the car. Just write down a path of people of of men peeing on the side of this thing. It's, uh, it, yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. That's you know. no, sir. No, that sir. sounds worse than the trough at Notre Dame Stadium. That sounds oh, terrible. Just yeah. the sidewalk. Oh my god! Can you imagine uh, if you tripped and fell in that grass? Slip and slide. <laughs> oh, man. 
Uh, Scott, how did you feel when Tatis got suspended? Because we, I feel, I felt robbed. Like this was, yeah, was Padres made the trade to get Soto, <laughs> and then all of a sudden we've got Tatis on the uh, suspended list into next year too. It's like forty games next year. Yeah, I mean, I won't lie. In the short term, for the Braves prospects coming in the playoffs and probably having to face the Padres, it's probably good. But for as a baseball fan and the big picture, like this dude was poised to be the face of baseball. I mean, you know, he's on the cover of MLB, you know, bat flips, making baseball fun again. And then he does this. And I don't care if it was accidental or whatever technical reason, like you got to be smarter. And the whole reason that he's even like not playing baseball was because of his own stupidity anyway. So it's just a little irritating that a guy like this would be so reckless with his career. If we've learned anything from Kevin tonight, it's that you have to cheat smartly. And he cheats smartly. He cheated like a dummy. So he deserves it. He cheated like the Browns. (laughs) (laughs) Fernando Tatis the full Browns, and that's why you don't go full Browns. I have a take on baseball. uh, Biscuit's not happy with you. He said he was going to buy your book, but after the pizza comment and then the baseball (laughs) comment – I'm just going to get it from the library. Baseball is life. Oh, I baseball is life, but I'm still going to oh. get the book. <laughs> and I got to say something to redeem myself. <laughs> Why I mean, is baseball? Say, hey, just go with the classic. Cowboys and Raiders suck. You'll get back. Bro, what the, the fuck is up with the space <laughs> What the fuck? Caesar's been waiting to chime in here, and then Scott just slams. Yeah, I was like, I was like, why doesn't baseball just allow people to cheat? I'd start watching the fucking sport. I mean, right? Stop, stop. Why just have everyone do steroids? It's not like it's not that bad. Yeah, let's just let everyone do. Let's just let everybody drive drunk. Hey, you know what? At least that way, we know they don't have a college education. Oh my god. Oh god. All right, let's let's wrap this up. This is absurd. Uh let's talk about these beers we were drinking tonight. Uh Scott, what was in your mug? Would you bang it? I was drinking Mad Trees Pumpkin. It's pumpkin season because you know it's August, so why not? And pumpkin <laughs> season never ends, just like stout season. So this 7.9 heavy pumpkin hitter, I'm banging it all night long, like the long lost friend that I found in the Rolodex. Okay, weird. That turned that took a very weird turn at the end there. Mookie, what's in your mug? Yeah, because now I'm like rethinking my take. Because I was gonna say I'm loving this Mick Ultra. You know, this is my bottom bitch. I'm always coming back to it. Like when I need something, like that's my go-to. Because uh, when Scott started, I was like, oh shit, what did I even drink tonight? The Blood Orange Colch. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It wasn't the worst Blood Orange beer I've had, but it wasn't really memorable. So again, like I said at the start of the show, it's that wingman situation where yeah, we'd go out, we'd share a pizza, have a nice time pizza with all the toppings obviously uh but you know <laughs> nothing special nothing to write home about now that's that's a good date that's a, that's a solid date strategy solid like, date, hey baby yeah. we're going to this pizza joint but i'm gonna get you <laughs> three or four meals tonight how about that how about that <laughs> no limit on the topping sweetie <laughs> they're all on me <laughs> she goes to take her pizza to like the cooking station or whatever you look over like whoa 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 you only got like a baby girl <laughs> hold on a second hold on a second you missed the whole section of I mean, right? did, you see, did you hear they're all free 
if you don't want included. it, put it on there for me. I'll eat it later. <laughs> right. And don't get no ice in that soda either. You just go get straight soda because we ain't get ripped off that. And just putting pepperoni on his pizza and then having like uh, plastic bags to put everything else in and just like ziplocking all the bags. <laughs> you said the toppings were all like out of the cargo pants. <laughs> don't start making rules now. This late in the game. Caesar, what were you drinking tonight that you didn't? I was like? drinking. So I saw a dog. <laughs> Not dog. Our, still not dog. Still dog. not dog. Soy son dog. Soy son dog. It was all right. It kind of sucked. <laughs> it wasn't a dog. The dog wasn't. A dog. It wasn't dog. It, it wasn't, wasn't dog. dog whatsoever. I know I'm not having a rolling blackout biscuit. I'm just outside because I don't want to curse in front of my parents. Oh, how <laughs> nice! See, that's the thing about it. Caesar, such a as a nice college guy. graduate, do they still think you've been yeah. cuss? Is that no, they do. I just don't like doing it out loud and talking like, "Oh, I'm gonna fuck my beer." <laughs> <laughs> that's, see, that's great because even at my age, my parents, it just like if he's not getting blackout drunk in front of us, we're gonna call it a win. Yeah, exactly. I don't want. And you're like, that. I don't want to cuss. I was yeah. drinking Amber's Lager from Irwin Brewing uh, Woodbang Delicious Beer. Uh, wow, that was that was Wait, something. Caesar, Kevin, what about your beer? How, what, did you enjoy <laughs> the the water as the designated driver? Yeah, as the designated driver of this show and the gatherer of the security, uh, yeah, the security element. That's right. Um, El Jefe Day special projects. I'll make sure to uh, ensure that this recording never goes out. And uh, <laughs> the good news, even if it does, no one will notice. That's that's Kevin, right. <laughs> What is your favorite beer type? Are you a beer drinker? No, honestly, I'm not. Um, no, uh, you know, I'm I'm so busy with athletics. Um, and I try to, I try to stay in good shape and do a lot of stuff. I still run a lot. I still play a lot of soccer. I still, um, play a lot of tennis and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I'm, man, I've been pounding water and pretty much solely water ever since I was a kid. So now that I've lost your entire show and everybody's going to get my book from the library. Oh, you're good, man. Walk on. Good. Great. Well, so Kevin, that question. Can we give us a setup? You guys are give great. us something. Give us some. What's your vibe besides pizzas that are stacked three inches high with free toppings? What's your thing? What's your go to? Like I had a good day, or like you know it's the weekend. We're gonna get crazy yep. and blank. My ties. I like I like hanging out. With you good mai tai. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Hanging with Peyton. Yep. I was gonna uh, I was gonna Peyton. go with exposing yeah. more NFL head coaches. He's like yeah. I like to kick back and expose more head coaches for being the frauds that they are. <laughs> Dirty rotten cheaters. The Dirty whole rotten. lot of them. <laughs> except Rats. for Bill Walsh. Yeah, yeah right. except for Bill Walsh. The Saint Bill Walsh. And the Al Davis. Yeah, BB Al Davis. Yeah. I think uh, I think the original Al Davis is probably a stand-up guy, but the one we know, not so much. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Kevin, tell the people one more time where they could get your book uh, and and how they can listen to the audio book. Yeah, so um, "Spies on the Sidelines" is the name of the book. You can find it on my web- website, right up there, spiesonthesidelines.com. Um, it's out on hard uh, hardcover, audio book, and ebook. And yes, right there. While it is out on Amazon, you can find it uh, cheaper um, on my website through the publisher. And there's a 30% off discount code you can use there. I will say the audiobook is half the price of the normal book. So if you're looking to save money, um, that's the way to go. And if you follow me on my Twitter or Instagram account, which can be found on my website, uh, you can, um, 
I'm going to give away some audiobooks in August and September, both. And just by following me, you enter yourself to uh, get a chance to be able to win those puppies. Awesome. Can you just, give us an impression of your dad reading the book? Like, I just <laughs> want to hear the voice that I'll be hearing in this audiobook. <laughs> you can oh, see he's man. like thinking he's like i'm trying to make this interesting with, without insulting my dad at the same time it's good come on you right? got it so my dad's got a voice that's like you know one octave above mine and i've got a pretty high squeaky voice so <laughs> no it's he's actually got a pretty good uh radio voice and he's pretty animated so he gets all excited about it he's like you know if he's reading the title it's like spy on the sidelines. <laughs> the high yes. world of NFL espionage. Yes. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, Dad, where'd that come from? <laughs> Who are you? Like, well, this is this is that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I've got what he's got, but it's yeah. He puts he puts some passion into it. He likes it. That is fantastic. Right on, Thanks so much for hanging out. Thank with you, us Kevin. Kevin. This really has been amazing, it, man. Thanks, appreciate guys. It's been it. a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, and thank you guys all for tuning in tonight. We we appreciate it. Go check out Kevin's book, Spies on the Sidelines, uh, spiesonthesidelines.com to uh, get the book. Uh, that's the wrong screen, Producer Joe. There we go. Thank you. Uh, go ahead and follow the show at Craft Sports. Kevin, where's it? what's your Twitter handle? Where can people find you? Twitter, I'm at, at Kev. K-E-V, Bryant Author, at Kev Bryant Author. All right, there you go. Go hit up Kevin uh, at Kev underscore Bryant Author. Hit us up at Crafty Sports, uh, Twitter and Instagram. Go join the uh, the Facebook group for Crafty Sports. It's a good time. There's a lot of shit talking there. Go hit us up there. Be sure to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Uh, there's always plans for content coming. It'll be there eventually, I promise. Uh, and then wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us more than you know. Also, shout out Belly Up Sports, bellyupsports.com. Tons of amazing podcasts and content uh, on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Subscribe, rate, and review to all of those amazing shows as well. We will see you all next week. Cheers, everybody. Mets still suck. <laughs> Corner Booth Season 8 premiered and now um, later. <laughs> you nailed it, Mookie. You nailed it. That's what happens. <laughs>Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.